three. What is going on, you guys? Welcome back to Down to the Wire. I'm your host, Brian Costa, and today I have a very special guest on the show for you guys today. Uh, you know, I am actually recording the show the day after I released the Gone Bridge episode, uh, you know, kind of, you know, with the Gone Bridge boys over at UNH. Uh, you know, kind of a grind this week, but, you know, really glad to get two episodes out. It's always my goal every week. Uh, as you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, joining me on the show today is my good friend. And uh, I'd say I'd have to say maybe my basketball kind of analyst slash colleague, Jacob Marshan. Jake, how you doing today? Fantastic. Thanks for having me. Jake, I'm so glad to have you on today because there are so many stories going around the NBA right now. Uh, first of all, let me just ask you, how has your summer been going so far? Uh, it's been pr going pretty well. Uh, I've definitely been resting up a lot, enjoying not having to do any schoolwork. Uh, been sticking with the running, ran a five-mile road race, came in seventh, uh, doing a 5K on next Sunday. So doing good. There you go. No, I can, I can definitely agree with you. The, uh, stress, the stress-free sleep is definitely hitting right now. I'm really enjoying that, you know, going to bed and not really having to worry about, uh, you know, am I going to pass this class? Cause I, I passed them all this semester doing good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that stress is out the door at least until the fall and then it all creeps back in and we start this vicious cycle over again. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> I can't either, but frankly, I, but frankly, you know, let's just jump right into it with the basketball news. Uh, you know, for anyone who watches the section 10 podcast, uh, which is typically a Red Sox baseball podcast, whenever the Phoenix suns get hot, they essentially switch over their entire loyalty and become the suns out guns out podcast. And, you know, right here, I want to, I want to pledge my allegiance to the suns right now too, because what they're doing in the NBA right now is astonishing. Less than, I think, almost two years ago, the Suns were a laughing stock of an organization. The question was, if not, it, not, not if, but when are they going to trade Devin Booker and, and what are they going to get in return? And, you know, just like that, you know, they missed, they missed out on the eight seed last year, even though they went to the bubble, won all their games and kind of finished hot. They came out really strong this year, added Chris Paul, added some other big pieces to the team. And this year, and now they are, now they're in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, I am so impressed with these guys. I, me and Jake had talked about it on the show way back when about, uh, about, you know, Chris Paul and the effect that he could have on this team. But before I get into that, Jake, what are your thoughts on the Suns so far this year? The Suns have been doing fantastic. Uh, I think Devin Booker is honestly out for revenge because he wasn't named as one of the all-stars this year, if I'm remembering that correctly. So I think he's definitely trying to get out there and show everyone his worth. Absolutely. So what happened with Booker was he wasn't named it outright, but when he only got in though, because Davis was injured, that's the only reason yeah. he was able to get in. So yeah, no, he wasn't named an all-star outright, which is kind of bogus seeing the way he played. And, mm -hmm. you know, you know, he's just kind of taken over ever since then. And he's really just been on a tear so far. I'm looking at guys like, uh, you know, I'm just looking at the Suns team and everyone has stepped it up a notch. Like it's been remarkable how they, how they've all been able to, you know, really come up. And it show it really showed in their last series because they went out against the Denver against the Denver Nuggets against the MVP and Nikola Jokic, and they ended up sweeping the series, won at 4-0 easily, and you know basically no contest. And it's frankly just incredible to see. You know we were we were wondering at you know the big question I was wondering about when Chris Paul joined the team was what kind of what kind of an effect is he going to have because we saw what he did with. A with a rebuilding Oklahoma City Thunder team that had just traded uh, Russell Westbrook the offseason prior to the Rockets where he was coming from. And I think a lot of people around the NBA, I think, I frankly just think a lot of people were kind of, you know, just doubting, you know, if Chris Paul kind still kind of had it as a player and were and was kind of just saying, you know, he's an aging star at this point. He's just a guy that would be complimentary on a team. And while that may be the case, you know, if, if he was on the Lakers right now, he'd probably, the Lakers would probably still be in the playoffs, but you know, he is proving right now that he is still an effective star and can still go out there and do his thing. And game four alone, he had, he notched 37 points and Booker and Booker, you know, the duo of them has been so electric Booker even put up 34 of his own. They had, they had an incredible game. I mean, Deandre Ayton has also stepped up his game significantly. It's been remarkable to see like the Suns have been awesome. Yeah. It's been really great to watch. And it's like you were saying, people think that Chris Paul is an aging star, but it's good to see he's still in his element. I know LeBron has been kind of fading from the playoff scene after the Lakers got eliminated in round one, but it's good to see one of the older stars are still relevant today in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. One of the interesting things I was seeing was he might be able to, 
was that that Chris Paul rather might be able to some people are predicting that he might be able to get a contract you know in the 100 million dollar range this summer and possibly even for uh, over three years or you know they're saying at he at least will be able to make 20 million dollars in a, per year in whatever next contract he gets which is crazy in my mind wow yeah that's a lot of money even though he's doing so well right now that's a lot of putting a lot of faith in some of, of his age for that, was, that long I, time that's what I was saying too. Cause I was like, you know, even, even though Chris Paul has done amazing in these past two seasons where he's gone to the thunder and gone to, and gone to the suns, I did think it was a bit of a stretch to give an aging guy this much money, you know, give him credit for what he's done. But mm-hmm. you know, it, I, I do kind of agree that it's a bit of a gamble. Definitely. If I were Chris Paul personally, I would just stick to trying to get a ring because he is such a decorated career. Uh, all of his stats are fantastic. He's up on a lot of those leaderboards, assists, overall points, all that stuff. So I think he just needs to get a ring or two and just retire. Yeah. And something I saw about Chris Paul coming into today that actually just shocked me. I believe that he, yeah, I, I think as of right now, it was, I think it broke that he's in COVID-19 protocols right now. I'm not too sure about that, but uh, I guess I guess he ended up breaking like the uh, like the league barrier or something like that that you know was supposed to maybe suspend a guy like LeBron James when he broke it when and went out to do a photo shoot with uh, with Drake and company, but you know when uh, but when Chris Paul goes out there it actually counts. Yeah, that that seeing that really frustrated me, and I don't know all the details about Chris Paul's quarantine or whatever process he's going through, but the word indefinitely was used, so. It's kind of scary to see. Hope he can come back. We'll see how that goes, but yeah, just gotta I, play the waiting game for now. Because I may be wrong. I know, I know I at least saw Booker, but I think there was like a picture that the Suns were putting out of Chris Paul, like like hugging members of the audience, and like they weren't wearing masks and they weren't doing any of that stuff. And frankly, if they're all vaccinated, I don't get. I don't really give two crafts. I really yeah. don't. But you know, if but I know that. But I know when Jason Tatum was walking off the floor before one of. Uh, you know, while we were still in our series against the Nets, a fan went to go dap him up and a security guard had to go over and, and, and shook the guy's hand instead of Tatum, who, you know, by habit was going to go there because if Tatum had shook the guy's hand, he would have been he would have been breaking the league's uh, protocol. So I don't mm-hmm. know how that how that applies to guys out in Phoenix. I don't know if it turns out that the guy in the audience he hugged ended up testing positive and that's what prompted this whole thing. I don't know essentially what caused it all, but he's now in, in quarantine. So, you know, you know, missing a guy like his of his caliber going forward could be really detrimental it seems that they're going to have enough time though if if it is only indefinite and isn't 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 like a full 10 days it seems mm-hmm. like they may be able to get him back but before the next game because you know the other series are, are still wrapping up yeah fingers crossed that he can just get through it as quick as possible and make it back mm-hmm. did you see the uh I, something I was also thinking about with the sun series which did you, did you see the uh the sun's fan that was doing like the sun's in four chant I did. And I saw that Devin Booker was, he tweeted, I need this man's info now. And they connected online, I think to like Instagram DMs. They got it, which is yeah. awesome in my mind. So I think I'm going to name this episode Sons in Four, just in honor. <laughs> yeah, that was a great thing to see. I love, I loved, even though it was something as simple as just defending your team and that setting and the fans, uh, part of the state, it's fan section. Uh, it's just great to see that. Uh, even though it's through social media, the fans and uh, players are interacting once again. Yeah, maybe hopefully, hopefully they get that guy out to one of their playoff games, and he uh, maybe they maybe they get him at like center court, and they kind of you know get a have like a whole like thing go down with that. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah, uh, obviously on the other on the flip side of uh, on the flip side of that series, the Denver Nuggets and the MVP Jokic do get swept. Uh, Jokic ended up getting ejected from game four for swiping campaign in the face. Uh, you know, I don't know. I saw Stephen A. Smith kind of do a little bit on this where he was kind of saying that this is kind of some BS that, you know, you don't you don't throw out the MVP in the situation, especially because he didn't. It's not like he, you know, tried to punch the guy in the face. He was trying to get a hard foul to, you know, turn the game and to turn the game in uh, his team's favor and really try to energize the guys. How did you feel about that ejection? In my opinion, it's a very fine line between like he was obviously intentionally trying to get the foul call out of it, but he's a big dude. He has to know his own strength, you know, and uh, you go out on that court and you're throwing your massive meaty arms around like that. You can hurt people. So I think it's a very fine line. Personally, I don't think he should have been thrown out because these people are getting paid uh, 
to play the game of basketball. They're getting played so much. And when you start depriving the fans and the whole league of their potential this late in the game, it's really just taking away from the entire experience. It wasn't intentionally him trying to hit him in the face. So I think you have to take that into account a little too. Yeah. I mean, the fan, I mean, the fans, they pay to go see the best stars play. They're not paying to see ejections. They're not paying to see, you know, Oh, w- will the refs throw this guy out? Like, will they, uh, you know, how are they going to enforce a, how they're going to enforce it when Jokic gets a hard foul? Are they going to really, you know, go after it? They're, people are going to see these guys play. And that was something that I heard Stephen A. Smith trying to mirror. Now, obviously, if he had broken the line and he actually, you know, shoved the guy and did something egregious, I think that warrants an ejection. I don't care if that's LeBron James. I don't care if that's you out there in the course. I don't care who it is out, out there doing that. If you do something that egregious, then yeah, throw him out. But I think he was trying to swipe and go for the ball. Obviously, you, you mentioned it. He has those big, meaty arms, and it ended up costing them. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Another thing that ended up costing the series that I don't know, I, I was I was noticing it at, at least in this series, you know, it was the absence of uh Aaron Gordon. I know in the first uh I know in the first game he ended up going off for 18 points, but pretty much after that he was relatively silent, only had eight points in, in this past game and then and then in the other uh then the other two he had six and four. So, you know, and then his rebounds also weren't, you know, too off the charts. So, you know, that was kind of the guy that they really went after, you know at the trade deadline trying to, you know, really bolster this team. And he really did. He really, you know, wasn't much of a, wasn't much of a kind of an impact player for them. Yeah, I agree. He was definitely slacking in the rebounding department and that you need rebounds in playoffs too. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. So, you know, obviously he's still a young guy. He's, I mean, I can't believe it. Aaron Gordon is only 25 years old. Really? Yeah, if like if you told me that like I was I was like you I was like he's only twenty five and it's like the Jason Tatum thing where where it's like he's only nineteen years old but I'm like yeah Aaron Gordon Aaron Gordon and Jason Tatum are pretty much the same age which I mean Gordon's obviously like two years older but you know like you you think of Aaron Gordon right now you, you think that he might be like like maybe twenty eight twenty nine years old by now and it'd be like all right like this is this is it for him but so you know obviously for Aaron Gordon he's you know pretty much just entering the prime of his career so we could be seeing so the best still may be yet to come for him which is crazy in my mind yeah i definitely agree personally i think he should have been in the dunk contest this year but that's a whole other thing i think he's just sick of getting snubbed every year and i don't blame him probably and then you know the final thing that i noticed about uh the final thing i noticed that kind of plagued the nuggets in this series was the absence of jamal murray obviously that torn acl by him cost them big time he was uh, he was one of their big time uh players and you know, missing a guy like that in the series, it's gonna have those kind of effects. I'm, I was, gl- it was you know surprising enough to see the Nuggets get to this round in the playoffs. But when you have Jokic, that's gonna be possible. But you know, Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr. stepped up and was able to make some plays for them. But you know, the absence of Jamal Murray was just, it was glaring. Yeah, it definitely Jamal Murray's absence definitely impacted the team. But I will say, though, overall for the Nuggets in the past few years, I think they've done a fantastic job transitioning from a regular season team because they had the best record in the season for the last few years, but then couldn't do much in the playoffs. But they've done a better job transitioning to having a balance of both and actually having a strong presence in the playoffs. I think it started with the bubble, at least in my opinion, but even though that they didn't make it as far as we would have liked to see them make it, uh, they still have done a good job turning a team around to an extent. Absolutely. Uh, and that kind of concludes what we had in Phoenix Suns news. Staying in the Western Conference, though, uh, you know, there was some breaking news that was kind of coming out, you know, before this before this show today uh, in, in, an, uh, in the other semifinal series uh, in with the Clippers versus the Utah Jazz. The series is currently tied at two when we're recording this. Uh, but it's now coming out that with breaking news that Kawhi Leonard might have might it there the team at least is fearing that Kawhi Leonard might have a torn ACL at this point and he's at least going to miss game five and if it is a tear obviously that means the rest of the series and you know whatever happens after that uh, you know you know this isn't this isn't just detrimental for this season but beyond because I mean you see what guys like uh, you see what guys like a Clay Thompson had to go through he hasn't he hasn't stepped on a court since 2019 since the 2019 finals. Like we, uh, we weren't even in college yet when he stepped on a court, we're going to be juniors and he is still rehabbing. Obviously he had that other terrible injury on top of it, but it's, it is insanely detrimental right now to see this news come out about Kawhi Leonard. Uh, in my mind, I'm wondering, is it the same knee that he kind of injured when uh, Zaza Pachulia stuck his foot out and tripped him? There's a lot of things going through in my mind, you know, with Kawhi Leonard, it took a lot of, you know, 
I, I know he kind of sat out for that other season in uh, San Antonio and he got traded, you know, to Toronto that next season. What is the rehab time going to be like for him? I think there's a lot of questions in the air right now. Yeah, it definitely leaves fans asking what's next. I think at least for me personally right now, I just want to know short term, is he coming back even this season for the playoffs? Because I don't know, personally with the Lakers being out uh, of the of the playoffs now, I was kind of looking to the Clippers a little in the West, honestly. So obviously we were talking about the Suns, uh, Nuggets are out, but I was kind of hoping to see that the Clippers would actually get some payoff from all the work they've done to put that team together with Kawhi there, but just going to have to wait and see. It seems like just yesterday I was on the show talking about, you know, the previous NBA season and saying, and saying if it, if, if it, if it wasn't LeBron and AD, it was going to be Kawhi and PG. And, you know, I, I think a lot of that, you know, frankly was, you know, more Kawhi than Paul George at this point, because Paul George has just turned into pandemic P and, He's just that yeah. guy, unfortunately, in the playoffs that mm-hmm. cannot come through the way he used to. And I don't, I don't know if that's due to injuries or just over time. But, you know, I don't know if Paul George is going to have enough to, you know, to, is going to have enough to get them out of the series, especially with the way that Donovan Mitchell is playing. He's been playing off the charts so far. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's looking good for the Clippers at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Kawhi can get back, anything's possible, especially with it being Kawhi Leonard. But, you know, definitely not looking good. Obviously playing, obviously playing against the Utah Jazz. I just mentioned that Donovan Mitchell is having an incredible season, incredible you know season, but series in general so far. You know he has been making a mark, which frankly, for someone that really liked, uh, I really liked Donovan Mitchell when he was a rookie. I thought that he was insanely explosive. Jake, I remember I played a two K game game against you my freshman year, and <laughs> I still I still relish in that, Jake. I'm sorry. Yeah, you scored like 80 remember, points with him. I'm still mad to this yeah. day about well, that. <laughs> he was the only he was the only guy. It was him and uh it was him and Gobert. And I was just like, all right, I gotta I just gotta go off. And and you, you, you I think you had the Lakers and, and you were just like, Really? You're gonna take the jazz? I was like, Yeah, it's Donovan Mitchell. And you were like, Okay, it's Donovan Mitchell. I was like, You watch, you watch. Little and did I know. I proceeded to I proceeded to get the win and you beat me you beat me every other time after that. But I got the win and I scored like sixty points with Donovan Mitchell because that's how I had to do it. <laughs> Yeah, I still can't believe that. To the say. man, the, the man a was a code. bucket, and he's finally showing it in real life now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, what he's been doing so far this season is incredible. I mean, you know, coming out of the draft, it was, you know, I think a lot of, you know, people were wondering what Lonzo was going to be able to do. But now I think the, now I think the, the question is just who's going to be the better player? Is it going to be Jason Tatum or Donovan Mitchell? Where do you, who do you think is going to be the better guy? And in the end, Jason Tatum, and that's not because I'm a newfound Celtics fan. Just watching his progression is just incredible. I think he is a superstar. I think when I think of the future of the league, I think of Jason Tatum. But I also think that you can't give Jason Tatum all this credit without giving Donovan Mitchell credit. He is also another rising star who has solidified his place in the league, but still hasn't met his, uh, his highest point of his career. So I would have to say Jason Tatum personally. You know, one thing I, I remember, I remember was it was when the, it was when I think the, uh, it was when the jazz lost. I think, I think it was before the bubble. I think it was back in 2019 and Donovan Mitchell. I think he had a, I think he had a shot at, you know, it was either a game tying or game winning shot and he missed it. And, you know, he was so distraught after, after the win, he was really mad at himself. And I remember it was in the locker room afterwards and they were interviewing Kyle Korver, I believe. And they were talking to him and Kyle Korver, Kyle Korver, he literally said, no one is going to work harder than this kid. No one is going to outwork him and he's going to shine one day. And it's paying off right now. He, we're now starting to see the very best of Donovan Mitchell and I'm, I'm all here for it. Yeah, definitely. I'm here for the show. I'll bring the popcorn. Mm-hmm. Also in NBA news, uh, you know, we were, t- we were hinting at it before the start of the show and we were kind of like discussing it, which was kind of funny. I remember breaking the news on the show uh, that, that the Pelicans had hired Stan Van Gundy. And I was, you know, trying to talk about, you know, how he was going to work with the system. Stan Van Gundy obviously is a very old school kind of coach, you know, you know, kind of likes to get in guys faces, kind of likes to, you know, you know, he's, it's going to be a very coach first kind of attitude. It's not going to be like these player coddling kind of guys that we typically see. And 
I think this is probably just showing that we're probably at the end of uh, at the end of the old school coaching method because after one season and after uh, you know finishing pretty poorly in uh, in the Western Conference, going thirty one and forty one, Stan Van Gundy has been fired as the coach. Uh, you know they didn't they couldn't even make the play in tournament this year. Uh, and when you have guys like Zion and you know Lonzo who who has come a long way since he's left the Lakers on your team, as as well as so many other guys too, when you're not making the when you're not making at least a play in tournament with those with that kind of talent you know, unfortunately you're going to get the hook. Yeah, I agree. I think you were just talking about uh, Lonzo and Zion. The key thing there is that they're developing talent. I understand their decision to fire him after one year because you don't want such potential to be wasted because of a coach that is just playing by the old rule book, you know, it's just squandering talent that's Mm -hmm. there. Yeah. Well, the other thing too, is you, you also want to make sure that, you know, you're also appeasing these young guys. Cause I mean, while it sucks for Stan Van Gundy, you do want to make sure that, you know, Lonzo and Zion and, you know, so many of the other guys too want to be there and they actually want to be a part of this team. Because if, if they, if they see the way that this, this thing is going with Van Gundy and, and say, they don't like it. And they're just like, you know, we don't really like this guy as our coach and t- the chemistry here is so toxic and we just need to get out. Then you have a situation where, you know, you have a guy, you have a guy that leaves the, you have a guy that leaves and it becomes really detrimental yeah exactly because if it, one it of them leaves it's going to be a domino effect yeah yeah I, I it kind of becomes almost what a what a uh, lebron leaving cleveland situation became like the situation there just got so toxic he did not like what was going on there and he just said you know what i'm out of here i'm not resigning here i'm gonna go to the miami heat i'm gonna go win a championship because you guys couldn't help me do it i was able to take this team to the finals I mean, you look at the 2017 that LeBron took to the finals, and that team's a joke. I mean, yeah. I, my high school team had more talent than those guys. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean that like they like that like that 2017 outside of LeBron was awful. And yeah, you look at what horrible. they were you, terrible. And you look at what they were able to do, and you know LeBron just said, you know what, screw it, I'm done. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go here. I'm gonna go win a championship. And I think the Pelicans are realizing, hey we're a pretty young franchise. We don't have a ton of money. So let's, let's do our part and let's try to make sure that these guys are happy. Yeah. I think they made the right choice there personally. I, I think so as well. I think so too. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward. Cause you know, Jason Kidd backed out of the conversation uh, out of the uh, coaching conversation with the Portland trailblazers. I'm wondering if, uh, if he enters into the conversation to go coach a guy, a guy like Zion. Yeah. That'd definitely be interesting to see. Mm-hmm. I think the main reason that he might have backed out of the uh, Trailblazers job, Jason Kidd, rather was, you know, you're hearing the rumblings now of, of you know, I think every offseason is just like, where's this, where's this superstar going to go? Where's this guy going to go? And it, it's just a different guy every offseason. And for some reason, you know, you don't expect it, but you do. Like you expect mm-hmm. there, you expect there to be a guy, but the guy they bring up is always just like that guy, really? Like, like next offseason, like just by some, some way, it could be, it could be that, oh, Jalen Brown wants to be on the market. It's like, what? It's like Jason Tatum isn't happy with Boston. You're like, since when did this happen? The same thing could happen with a guy like Donovan Mitchell. You never know who it's going to be, but you know, after a certain time, just a pattern develops and, and they say, all right, th- it's going to be this guy who wants out. And it's just like, I didn't even think that I thought this guy was perfectly content. And then they get moved. And I'm just like, I'm sometimes I'm just like, is Adrian Wojnarowski like pulling the strings of these organizations or like what is going on here? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, it just goes to show how little we know goes on behind the scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to what I was saying about Jason Kidd and the Trailblazers situation, I kind of think that Jason Kidd saw what was going down in Portland and is like, and he's probably just saying like, I mean, I mean, it could also be that he doesn't like Damian Lillard, maybe as a person or as a player. I don't think it's that. But what I think in his mind might be might be going on is like, hey, if I sign with these guys, I might be signing a four or five year contract to be these guys as coach. In four or five years, is Damian Lillard going to be on this team, or, or are they going to trade him, try to get guys, and I'm going to be the coach of some rebuilding franchise, and that lowers my value as a coach? Yeah, exactly. I don't think he wants to be a part of something like that. He wants to have a solidified place in a team that he knows he can benefit from long term. Now, say if Damian Lillard already was on the Boston Celtics, <laughs> wishful would, thinking. Uh, I am. It's very wishful thinking, and you know, I, I'm I'm now hopping on the Levar Ball train. I'll say it into existence. I'll speak it into existence, see what I can do there. And, uh, if, you know, Damian Lillard was on the Boston Celtics. Maybe Jason Kidd goes, all right, well, this seems a little more secure. I'm going to – I think I'll go coach the Boston Celtics. Now, I don't want Jason Kidd to be our coach. I'd rather have someone else. But uh, but I think that – but I think, you know, he wants to go somewhere where he knows, you know, the guys are going to be there long term. And when it comes to Zion and when it comes to all those guys down there, 
I think he may feel a bit more confident with that. Yeah, I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, NBA news, uh, you know, Kevin Durant last night had a monster game for the, for the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, he's having to deal with uh, Kyrie Irving and James Harden coming off some injuries. Kyrie Irving obviously stepped on, uh, stepped on Lucky and, you know, the exact same ankle that he stepped on him with proceeds to sprain and is out for some time. <laughs> and Don't want to say it, I think but, that was deserved. He deserved that. Yeah, I'll Karma's say it. A bitch, Kyrie. Karma's a bitch. <laughs> and, so, and so is Kyrie. I'll say it. <laughs> yeah, I don't worry. I can make this episode explicit. I don't really care. <laughs> uh, but, but no, uh, I don't know. I'm seeing all that. I'm I'm seeing that stuff go down. Kevin Durant, who you know, snake for leaving OKC, doing what he does. I'm not saying I'm the biggest Kevin Durant fan, but he went off. He had a monster game. He had like 49 points. Had a triple double. Didn't he have like 17 rebounds or something yep. like that? It was 17 insane. boards. Yeah, absolutely insane. Wasn't like a, a lot of, and then was it like what, like 11 assists or something like that? Yeah, it was like 11 or 12, it, but yeah. it was so a fantastic had performance. A monster game. Yeah, no, it was a monster game. And I mean, it, it just shows that Kevin Durant is back. You know, that he, you know, a lot of people feared, you know, could he ever get back to form after that Achilles injury? Uh, he's proven that he's back. He is, uh, he's that guy. He's that guy still, which is awesome to see, you know, in terms of a fan perspective, even though I don't like the guy personally, but you know, it's going to put butts in seats. It's going to show it's a great, it's great for the NBA market in general. Uh, and it just shows that, you know, you know, I think now we can officially say that, you know, at least, you know, in the short term, Kevin, it's now Kevin Durant and Dominic Wilkins as guys that were able to come back after that injury and at least remain the same, if not better, which is great to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I think even just watching some of those games, uh, the Nets against the Bucks, just seeing the fact that Giannis just kept saying, put me on, put me on KD, put me on KD, but he just kept getting shown up every single time. And can't forget who Giannis is. This is a back-to-back MVP. You know, he's fantastic player, very decorated career already for his younger age. It's just crazy to see that Kevin Durant has fully come back from that. Yeah, it's wild to see. I mean, I, I hope that I hope that you know just as a player in terms of health I even though I don't like him I'm never going to wish injury at a, injury upon a guy I hope that you know he stays healthy and he continues this success uh you know with uh you know along 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 this I mean you know Kevin Durant is doing this and just willing teams to victory when Harden and Kyrie are back to full strength I've been saying it since the get-go these guys are the NBA champions I don't think I mean hopefully that uh I mean I hope that Giannis could put a stop in that but I'm just a realist here. I, I just know what's going down. Yeah. If they were at full health right now, they would still, they'd just be champs right now, but just kind of tangent I, and going I, off. I, I, mean, I mean, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Just going off a I mean, tangent. I, even I, I, you go. You're good. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, no, just I, going I, off. A, Jake, come on. Just say it. I'll, I'll <laughs> okay. All right. I was just going to say, just going off a tangent with that, even with Kyrie, and uh, Harden injured, they still have a very solid bench. DeAndre Jordan, uh, Blake Griffin, Joe Harris, they have other stars that can still keep the team, keep the team going. I'm just interested to see if they're going to step up or not. You done? <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. No, I, I agree with you there. You know, the other thing that I, I mean, you, you've heard it from me on this show multiple times. I think I said it. Uh, I think I've said it, you know, I, I, I think it was as soon as the James Harden trade went down, I think I texted you guys. I was just like, all right, congrats to the NBA champs. <laughs> congrats on a great season. I've been saying that since January. I'm just like, all right, the season's over. At least this one is, and it's all and it's all said and done. And then when they got Blake Griffin, I was like, all right, it's it's a lock now. Like there's no stopping them. Like I think that I think originally before it was like, you know, you know, can this big three hold up, you know, when when they're not on the court and there's, you know, bench guys in. And then they got a guy like Blake Griffin who can do what he does. And I'm just like, it's a lock at this point. I'm hoping that there, that someone can stop it, but it's looking tough. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's definitely looking tough. Mm-hmm. And finally, in NBA news, what I wanted to cover uh, was the fact that the NBA competition committee, I guess I was seeing some stuff coming out from sources on ESPN. They were, they were ruling that uh, they're going to possibly make some rule, rule changes that would restrict the unnatural uh, jump shot motions. Now, if you don't know what this means, don't be alarmed because I didn't when I was reading this, but I think I have a good understanding of what it is because I've watched some basketball videos in the past, and I think guys have explained this as the Dwayne Wade rule, which 
I think that's a good example of it because Dwayne Wade used to manipulate this a lot when he was back back when he was playing. And it's, you know, the guy would get the ball in the corner. And it's not like, you know, you're just it's not like you're, you know, getting a you know, you know, taking a charge or doing something like that and you're trying to take the hard foul. What guys like would what guys would do is essentially they'd go up, they you know, get the ball, they'd pump fake for a shot, the defender would fly in the air to go block it. And instead of, you know, just going up for the shot and getting tangled up and that's how the foul goes, what would happen is the players would pump fake to, you know, get the guys in the air and then they would proceed to jump into the guy, force a foul and get to the line. Now, listen, I think that's pretty smart in terms of strategy, you know, knowing that the refs are going to call that. I I think that's really smart. And, you know, if they're not going to call it, I'd abuse the hell out of it too. I don't, I don't see why I wouldn't. If they're, if that's legal in the NBA, I would go all for it, but Apparently that they might, apparently now they might start to crack down on that ruling and might actually, you know, no longer make it a, no longer, I don't know if it would be an off, an offensive penalty or if they would just call the play dead or how they would do it, but they are looking at this penalty and this getting back guys now, like, like James Harden, Luka Doncic, Trey Young that, you know, kind of rely upon this because, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's, you know, essentially to say like, all right, if a guy's going up for a jump shot, it has to be kind of a natural motion. It's like, all right, he has the jump shot. He's, he may be, he may even pump fake, but he has to, you know, kind of go straight up and straight down. If the guy's coming in from the side, you know, going in for the block and James Harden is going and he's, you know, you know, he's going up for the shot, but he's jumping sideways into a guy. It's like, okay, he's trying to get the foul here. It's like, we shouldn't, we shouldn't really be, you know, rewarding guys for this because it's almost a reverse. It's almost kind of, you know, another age, another version of flopping, you know, except you're, you know, trying to crash into the guy here instead of, you know, avoiding him at all costs. And, you know, I don't know. I, I think it's kind of smart strategy, but Jake, what do you think about it? I definitely agree with you that it's smart strategy, but it just comes off as lazy in my eyes sometimes. Just like you were saying, it's definitely yeah. going to affect James Harden, Luca, Trey Young. I think it's going to be a major hit on James Harden because that's his entire play style. Uh, we've talked about how he's not yeah. always in the best shape and he doesn't really play defense because he's a little, he's just a lazy offensive player, still talented, but he's lazy. So he's going to have to actually play the game. It was meant to be played the way it was meant to be played. So I'm interested to see how this rule would be implemented, but just want to see where it goes. Yeah. I'm going to be interested to see too. Cause you know, Obviously, right now it's smart strategy, but you know when it comes, but when push comes to shove, how are they going to really do this? Because you know, I don't. Again, I'm I'm wondering how it's going to be implemented. I don't know if it's going to be an offensive penalty, if it's just if they're going to call the play dead and do a jump ball. Like I don't know exactly how it's going to be done. So there are still some questions up in the air. Yeah, and you have to think too. Like if it is so down to the wire, like if this is a game-winning shot, it's a fine line between. Are you? Yeah, I use down the wire intentionally, but. It, I, like I, I, pre- I appreciate it jake of course free clout but if it gets that close uh in the end of a game how do you determine if it was an intentional offensive foul or intentional defensive foul you know so mm-hmm. see if it breaks yeah. the game or not mm-hmm. i kind of relate it a little bit to the uh clear path foul i don't know if like you know when a guy's just going for a shot and like it's not even like it's not even like there's you know, like they, they do it incidentally. It's when a guy gets a breakaway and they're literally, you know, just fouling him just, just so that way he can't get the dunk or can't get anything like that. That was Mm -hmm. something I know that they were trying to, you know, maybe make some rule changes on way back when. I don't know if they had, uh, I I don't know if they have since, but I know that was kind of something egregious that people were doing. And it was like, all right, let's not give this guy the layup. Let's make him go to the line here. Uh, that, that might be, that might be a foul. They might try to cut down on two, at least the intentional ones and, you know, maybe do something like that. So, it, it there are interesting things like that as well yeah definitely i think that one you were just talking about uh the intentional foul when they're going for a layup or dunk that i'd be more in favor of that rule because you have someone like Giannis who's like 6 11 and he's a foot away from the rim he's gonna make it there's no point at grabbing his hips and throwing him at the line you know just let him play mm-hmm. yeah i exactly and that kind of concludes what we have in nba news over in over in the uh, football world, I had uh, like two quick little things I wanted to touch on. Obviously, uh, in Madden in Madden football news, uh, something there's some exciting news that they're going to be releasing the cover athlete for that soon. Uh, in doing so, they made a little video, kind of kind of hinting at who the cover athlete is going to be. And for doing it, uh, unfortunately, they had uh, one of the annoying TikTok music sounds going in going into the music video as it was playing. I was like, you got to be kidding me. But setting that aside, it kind of sets up and it's like the scene of like a barn. 
and it and it kind of shows like the doors in the barn shaking and then the like the doors kind of open up and out and out walk uh two goats i think one looks a little bit taller than than another and i think frankly this kind of hints at what it's going to be i think you know i i think it kind of hinted at it right away that we're going to that the next madden cover is going to be uh tom brady and patrick mahomes i don't think that there is any doubt with this in my mind uh but you know jake what do you think about uh what do you think about that because you know uh you know both athletes have been on Madden covers before Brady, I believe was on it in 2018. If I if correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. And then, think, uh, yeah, 2018. and then Pat, Mah- and, yeah. And then Pat Mahomes was on it in 2020. So Pat Mahomes only took a one year off and he's already back on the Madden cover. So I'm like, that seems a little soon. Brady, I could argue the same as well. Cause it's only been four years. Uh, but what do you think about the fact that these guys are going to be on the Madden cover once again? Um, I think it's honestly incredibly well-planned. As you know, I'm a very avid 2K player. Not so much anymore. I kind of learned to hate the game like a normal person with more than half a brain. But something that I think a lot of people don't think about when it comes to cover athletes, at least like recently, we have a next-gen cover athlete and an old-gen cover athlete. So it would stand to reason, similar to the xbox one and xbox series x we would have different cover athletes so i think tom brady would be the old gen cover athlete and then pat mahomes would be the next gen cover athlete just to kind of symbolize the passing of the torch between the goats per se but if they were going to do that i think that that's how so they go about doing it <laughs> that is if they so were going to jake you're going to put tom brady on the old gen console how dare you that's that's what they did with Kobe and um, and Zion. So I think they're going to do it for Madden so too, personally. So disrespectful. I remember <laughs> playing. I remember playing NBA 2K16, and I remember you know I, they did the three athletes. They did Steph Curry, James Harden, and Anthony Davis. And they did Anthony Davis so dirty by making him the cover athlete for the last gen consoles. Yeah, <laughs> but they they do like, the the I youngest was, I, people I, I on the front like, to symbolize youth. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say they yeah. try to symbolize gonna... youth, but. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know, I remember James Harden was the cover athlete for Xbox. I think it was Steph Curry had PlayStation. And I, and when I was looking at it, I was like, I was like, wait, where's Anthony Davis? And then I was like, oh, he's on the Xbox 360. That is mad disrespectful. Yeah, it is. But and, yeah. we'll see. Yeah, no. I, I'm interested about this. Another funny little tidbit I saw in the commercial showed that uh, Peyton Hillis, who was the cover athlete for Madden 12, he actually appeared in the he actually appeared in the ad. And Peyton Hillis at this point has kind of become you know kind of a running joke in terms of the Madden world because you know he had like one you know kind of solid breakout season and it wasn't like anything too special. But Mad but Madden said, all right, yeah, let's put this guy in a cover. And like it was back when Brady had never been on a Madden cover before. Peyton Manning never I don't even think ever gotten a Ma- ever gotten on a Madden cover. And I'm just like, so why the hell did you put this guy in a Madden cover? And if you want to show any guy that had the Madden curse hit them hard, it's freaking this guy. Like, you know, after after he went on the cover, he basically just disappeared as an athlete. Yeah, I definitely think that Peyton Manning would have been a more deserving cover athlete than him. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, one of the funny things that he said though on it was, uh, you know, when the two goats walked out of that barn and like he did it, he 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 actually said, "Man, they did it again." And I was like, I was like, yeah. And I think that I think the of him saying, "Hey, they did it again," kind of was, you know, kind of the nail on the coffin of just saying like, "All right, it has to be Brady Mahomes because you know they're doing it again. They're back on the covers." And they're showing that, you know, they're going to go for it again. Now, I I mean, I am I wish that they maybe had give some, given some love to some other guys like Josh Allen. I think that that would have been a great cover for it, for them to see. But maybe, but I feel like probably the NFL right now is trying to figure out how how the hell can we market Josh Allen? Like, he's kind of like a milquetoast guy, even though, you know, he's up in Buffalo and he's, you know, pretty, uh, he can get pretty electric. I think they're trying to figure out, okay, how, how the heck can we actually like market this guy? How can we, you know, really get this guy out there? Because I think outside of Brady Mahomes, there are plenty of guys in the NFL that can that you can market well. I don't think this is like the MLB where they only know how to market Mike Trout. I think that you know in the NFL, you have plenty of guys that you can market. Yeah, I definitely agree. They need to widen their scope, and that would benefit them greatly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also just remember, the other thing that you know made me kind of nostalgic uh, when I saw Peyton Hillis on the uh, in the commercial was. I remember playing Madden 12, but I didn't. I didn't play it on any of the Xbox consoles. I remember playing Madden 12 on my Kindle Fire back back when Kindle it, Fire back when it came out. Yeah, did <laughs> you ever funny. have one of those or no? No, I didn't. 
dude. I had I for some reason I had a I, before I got an iPhone or before I even got an iPad, I got a Kindle Fire and like man, those things were like those things were insane. Like <laughs> like like thinking about how far technology has come ever since. You had to like, you know, in order to just use an app on there, like it, it didn't have to be like an app like YouTube or anything like that to mm-hmm. like almost like go into any sort of app. Like the like the device came with like preloaded uh the device came with preloaded advertisements that it would play and I was like what the hell is this thing? Yeah, it's crazy to see how far we've come. No more need it's, to play that on Kindle Fire. <laughs> yeah, no, I no longer need I no longer need to see Pine Saw commercials to get into the weather <laughs> app. <sighs> Good old days. But I digress, and now we move on to the final topic in NFL news, which, uh, you know, you know, I, I it's it's kind of funny to see, but at this point, at this point, Aaron Rodgers is making waves every week at this point with uh, news breaking about him, which is kind of interesting to see because you know, ever since it's been announced that Aaron Rodgers wants to be traded from the Green Bay Packers, or at least you know, it looks like he's not coming back. Uh, it, he's kind of made he's kind of made news every single week, week which is uh. You know, great news, which is great for, uh, you know, which is great for, uh, you know, when you're running a sports podcast, it's all, it's always great to see, but he was on a, uh, he was on, I believe it was a zoom call for, uh, for his uh, celebrity golf match between uh, Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson. He obviously is going to be with Bryson DeChambeau and they're going to be going at each other, I believe in only a couple of weeks now at this point, but they're going to be golfing and they're going to be doing their thing. And on the uh, phone call, Aaron Rogers, Aaron Rogers, he ended up wearing a shirt that uh, I think he forget what the shirt said, but it, but it it said that he was just like it just kind of had like an emoji of like a of like a pissed off face, and then and then he kind of just goes on the call and and he and he just goes uh and he ended up just going uh he, he goes yeah it's been a kind of a quiet off season on my end I mean no no real big stories. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I was like, you got to be kidding me. I I like it's actually it's actually been pretty funny. I mean. You know, unfortunately, you know, the Packers haven't made it any easier on themselves because they've also been, you know, making some pretty dumb decisions in terms of how they've wanted to handle this thing. Aaron Rodgers has not shown up to OTAs and, you know, Jordan Love has had some up and up, has some ups and downs, you know, trying to figure it out with kind of a makeshift wide receiver crew at, at these uh, at these team activities. Uh, I made the mistake. Uh, you know, I didn't make it on this show, but I'll address the fact that I made this mistake. I was with my friend Pat, who is a Packers fan, and I was saying, I was saying, oh, did you see what uh, just would you sing with one of the Packers team officials said about uh, said about Aaron Rodgers? And I was like, and he was like, who? And I was like, it's like, oh, Ted Thompson, their, their GM. And, he, and I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, he called. I was like, yeah, he called Rodgers a complicated fella. And I was, I was like, it's like that's a bad look for him. And he goes, Brian, not only is Ted Thompson not the GM of the Packers anymore, Ted Thompson's dead. I was like, what? <laughs> Oh geez, <laughs> I didn't realize that Ted Thompson died this year. So, uh, rest in peace to Ted Thompson. I'm so sorry. I did not realize that. Uh, my my sincere apologies to the people at Green Bay. I did not realize that, and I thought I just had to. I thought I just had to kind of share that I had one of those uh, uh, idiotic moments. Now, the GM of the Packers is actually named Mark Murphy, who made those comments. And frankly, in my mind, Ted Thompson, Mark Murphy, tomato, t- tomato, tomato, and uh, I just hmm. could I really just made no difference in my mind as to who the person was. <laughs> That's funny. Poor Ted Thompson. RIP. Yeah, RIP. I didn't I did not realize. So, RIP to Ted Thompson cuz I did not realize that he passed away. And I actually I actually felt really bad after that. I was I and 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 it was and uh my other friend uh John obviously who you know, he ended up said he ended up he ended up saying, "Yeah, no wonder uh no wonder Rodgers would be pissed that Ted Thompson was, you know, kind of shitting on him. It, it was uh he's dead." <laughs> Yeah, guess so. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry that I had Ted Thompson rolling his grave. Obviously, RIP to the man. Uh, but that kind of concludes that we have in NFL news. Uh, and finally, you know, the final topic that we have on the show tonight is uh, boxing and UFC, which uh, you know I always like to cover some fighting on the show. I've been getting, I've gotten really into it since the start of last year. I got, I pretty much got into it through playing the UFC three video game that Carter brought to campus. And I think that kind of got me really into fighting. I don't know about you, Jake, but that really got me interested in the sport. Yeah. You developed a slightly unhealthy obsession when you retired your third character. I knew it got too far. (laughs) You didn't have to say that Jake. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 okay, fine. Fine. I made three creative players and fine. I had to retire them all because I did not lose. I didn't lose a fight, and I was, you know, the most dominant fighter of all time at, at the heavy. You were division. good at the game. I'm not denying that, but it's like me and my oh, two no, K. I, I, I dominated. 
I dominated. Now, I mean, I haven't played UFC in so long, though. I might actually suck. So I'd have to, I'd have to see how I am now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the controls are a little different in UFC 4 versus UFC 3. So there was a bit of a learning curve for me, which kind of was weird because I thought it was going to be kind of a direct kind of thing, but it really wasn't. But, you know, kind of going into it, uh, you know, at school, we ended up watching a lot of the UFC fights in our friend Ryan Wild, who's just sweet. You know, that, that kind of became like the big thing for us to do on weekends on campus. We'd all go up to his suite and everyone would kind of gather around like we'd all like chill and, and chill out and party and do it and do whatnot. But kind of the big thing that we'd all have and go have going on was on their big flat screen TV in the uh, in the common room. There would always be a UFC fight going on if it, if it was a UFC Saturday Saturday night kind of fight. And we got to see some really some really good fights. We got to see some great knockouts. Uh, obviously, you know, obviously, you know, we're not on campus now, but you know, Jake, do you have any good memories from like, uh, from watching some of those fights? Yeah, I have a lot of good memories from those fights. <laughs> um, there were a couple of solid knockouts. I don't, I don't follow UFC that much. So I don't remember too many of the names, but I remember seeing a couple of solid knockouts and even the undercard fights have been pretty eventful. Sometimes some of the, uh, women fights who were really good. They, uh, I would get, I butt whooped by some of them. But yeah, overall, good experience. Yeah. And it's just something nice to have on the TV, frankly. I mean, like, I know, like, I know it's like, I know it's just like, really, you have to, you have to, some, you have to have something going on, but it's just like nice background noise to have going on. I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of ironic that, you know, while we're all hanging out, we're watching people kind of battle to the death against one another, but uh, it's kind of, it's kind of nice to see. Yeah. You know, your casual weekend entertainment, watching people beat the snot out of each other. Yeah, it's always it's always great to see. But, you know, in UFC news that which I did want to cover uh, UFC 260 UFC 263 happened over the weekend. If you saw on our Instagram, I kind of did like a little bit of a plug for it. And I kind of like did a little preview I did back with Steve Mushorn back when we were, you know, going through some of the future UFC fights that would be going on, you know, back when we were, you know, back we were on campus and it was like, hey, like when it comes to summer, it, we may not we not be able to have each other on. So we were kind of just going through the through the different fights talking about that. This fight was one we were really interested in, and uh, and Israel Israel Adesanya had his rematch against uh, Marvin Vittori, aka the Italian Dream, which was a, which was a nickname that Steve really liked in particular. Mm-hmm. I can you can probably assume why. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they ended up, and uh, it was it ended up being a good fight. Went all five rounds. Uh, Israel Adesanya though really kind of you know carried the fight the entire time. Really didn't look like he was struggling whatsoever, and kind of was enjoying the fact that it was going all five rounds the fact that he could actually just beat the living crap out of uh out of a tory for all of them and it was just brutal to see i mean it was it was great i mean it was a great fight i'm it was it was worth it uh but you know you know it was just it was a you know obviously israel he's just on israel adesanya the style bender he's on another level in in the middleweight division you know he tried to go up to light heavyweight and compete obviously ended up taking his first ever loss to uh to the uh polish power to the polish power jan blahovich but you know, you see him go back down to middleweight. He is just ruling that division right now, and he has already set up uh, his next possible target. He's set on to take Robert Whitaker, or at least he wants to take on, take him on. And he actually wants to do it back in his hometown. He wants to go to Auckland, New Zealand. He wants that to be the place where he where he does that rematch fight. And frankly, I'm all for it. I want to see that fight. I want to if the, if he's if he wants to take a rematch fight and he wants to have a fight, let him do it in his hometown. Yeah, especially on his home turf too. And he's if he's killing it that much in the middleweight division, he's just gonna blow it out of the water and kill this guy. <laughs> Feel sorry for yeah. him already if he accepts. I mean, listen, Bobby Knuckles has been doing pretty solid since uh, since their last bout against each other. But you know, I but I think you know Israel, dude. He's just another guy. <laughs> yeah, he's a different breed. Yeah, I mean, I will say this though. You know whether it happens in Auckland or not due to COVID, and you know seeing how that seeing how that affects you know stuff worldwide going on. I know the U.S. is opening back up, and it, it's amazing to see. I'm seeing all these UFC fights going down and seeing the crowds going nuts. Frankly, it's something that I missed dearly. So you know, hopefully, hopefully, if it does go down in New Zealand, hopefully there's a full crowd there to to support it and to see it going on. But I cannot wait to see that. I cannot wait to see this guy fight again. Definitely, that'd be really fun to watch. Hmm. Also in UFC news, what I wanted to cover, uh, you know, and you know, also in the uh, also in UFC 263, there were uh, a couple of championship fights that went down in UFC, in in that uh, in that thing, which was really good to see because you know you always like to see a new you always like to see a new champion, and you know guys going for it, 
And one of the guys going for it was, uh, was it was the fight between Nate Diaz and Leon Edwards. I believe it was a championship fight, or if not, you know, I believe Edwards is going for the belt next. So I, you know, could, uh, excuse me if I'm wrong here. I believe, I don't believe it may have been a championship fight. I'm, I may have some hazy memories about that, but I thought it went five rounds, if not three. But, you know, they were fighting each other. And, you know, Leon Edwards was having his way with Nate Diaz. And Nate Diaz, you know, you see his, you see his record has 13 losses. And you're just like, why is this guy so hyped up? And it, he proved why he is that hyped up in his fight because Nate Diaz was getting the ever-living snot kicked out of him for, for the majority of the fight. And, you know, in the last round, you know, and not even in the last round, in the last minute, you see Nate Diaz. He's cut up all over this area of his head. His He is gushing blood all over his face, looking how he typically looks after a fight. But yeah, you know, just because that's the kind of guy he is. But he is like gushing blood. He looks like he's getting the ever living snot kicked out of him. And it gets the last minute or so of the fight. And, and it's just like, dude, throw in the goddamn towel. Like, like it's over at this point. And in the last minute of the fight, he gets a he gets a knock on Leon Edwards. And, you know, the the announcers are just shocked. It's like, wait, like he actually just got him. And like a light switch, everything flipped. The audience realized what was going on. And Leon Edwards just, and you know, not even Leon Edwards, Nate Diaz rather, sprung into action and realized, hey, the only way I'm going to win this fight is if I go for a knockout here. And he, and, he, and he realized in his mind, hey, I hurt this guy. I might have a shot at a knockout. And he sprung into action. And it was freaking electric what he did. He was going at him. And, and a lot of people were wondering, if there was another round of this fight, does Nate Diaz get the knockout? Because a lot of people were saying he probably would have because he hurt Leon Edwards really badly. And it was an electric thing to see. Yeah, I, I went on. I don't watch the fights, but I uh, saw on Instagram the next morning. It's a lot of the pictures. I saw the exact punch, the angle and everything on Leon Edwards in the face and all the blood that was coming off him, but also off Nate Diaz because the amount of force he had behind it is both their blood. But it was ridiculous to see how he was able to just do a complete 180 and just push through that last minute. And ultimately, like you were saying, if there was another round, he could have ended up winning. You never know. Yeah, no, you never couldn't. You, you, here's the thing. You're never going to know whether he would or not, but I think there, if there was another round in that fight, I think Nate Diaz takes it. Cause it was, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy to see how, how quick the switch turned. Cause you know, you can get the crap kicked out of you for the majority of a fight. And literally in the last minute, you you walk out of that place as not even not even the favorite, just amongst uh, not even you know amongst the favorites in like that sport. But you know you you had the entire crowd on your side, you know, in the span of one minute, and it was crazy to see. Obviously, congrats to Leon Edwards for an amazing fight because he did end up getting the victory. But obviously, Nate Diaz, there's a reason why he's one of those well-known names across the UFC, and why him and his brother Nick also is a very well-known you know fighter in the UFC. But there's a reason why they're why, why they're so well-known, and it was awesome to see for those guys. Definitely. And finally, the thing I wanted to cover in uh, boxing news, you know, I wanted to cover was uh, apparently we are finally going to get an answer to uh, to the trilogy. We are going to see uh, Deontay Wilder take on Tyson Fury for the third time. They're set to ha- they're set to match up July 24th in Las Vegas. This is a fight that I'm really excited for because I remember when Wilder Fury 2 went down. We actually talked about it on this show, I believe, when it originally went down. And I didn't know too many too much about the fighters at the time. I learned a, I've learned a lot about boxing and obviously UFC since since then. But uh, Deontay Wilder and Fury, you know, I think we all had favored Wilder going into this fight because he had won the first matchup. And you know, you know, we were all shocked when Tyson Fury came out there and he he rocked he rocked Deontay Wilder. It was a now that that second round, he really took it to him. I mean, he proved that he is worth it. And, you know, he is, you know, probably the most feared heavyweight on the planet right now because of it. I mean, you know, you want to talk about guys that are freaks in nature. I'm pretty sure that Tyson Fury is like six foot nine. Like he is like insane. Yeah, like he's literally he's like a big dude. taller than like LeBron in like a boxing ring. And it's like like he's fighting in the heavyweight division, like the same division that Mike Tyson fought in at like five, eight. And like the same division that you know Muhammad Ali fought in at six four, and it's like this guy's like five inches taller than him. Like he is like he's like a giant to these guys. And you know you know no no, no kind of disrespect to, to Wilder either because I think he's also like six seven. So like they're both like monsters in the ring. So it's awesome to see. I'm really excited for this fight because you know since uh since the Wilder two fight has happened, a lot of things have gone down. Obviously COVID has happened ever since then, and you know none of these guys. 
both of these guys haven't fought since. So, you know, this is going to be their first fight, you know, since all this went down. Uh, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff outside of COVID too has gone down because you see Deontay Wilder, he's kind of, ever since that fight, he's kind of done like a lot of conspiracy theories saying, saying that, saying that the only reason he lost the fight was because the, uh, was because the costume he wore into the ring. I don't know if you remember this costume, but he had like this giant, like, you know, knight, like suit of armor on. He had like this skull mask on and like, you know, the thing probably weighed like over like 40 pounds and he probably was trying oh, yeah. to dressing room was walking around and not walking around in it probably walking around in it for like probably a good half hour walks out to the ring and probably his, his legs were probably gassed, but he's, but he's been saying the whole time that that's the reason why he lost the fight and no other reason than that. I don't know if that's the case or, you know, you know, Fury just, you know, had a good fight, but you know, you know, you know, they ended up having a press conference and Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, they ended up going out to each other and they had a stare down with each other for five straight minutes without talking. And a lot of people worry, like, are they going to start brawling on the stage? Like, is something terrible about to happen? So eventually, the eventually their stare down had to get broken up, and they ended up going to like a panel for questions. Deontay Wilder was just sitting there with his headphones on, like sunglasses on, like headphones on, like not giving a damn. Pretty much just doing a march on Lynch, just I'm here so I don't get fined kind of moment. And Tyson Fury on the other end is just having a grand old time. He he's he's kind of just sitting there with a the microphone, go, go, and he's just going. Oh yeah, like if he doesn't want to talk, I'll talk. I'll do every, I'll do whatever you want. And he ended up saying at one point, "Hey, if uh, Deontay Wilder doesn't want to talk, I can just play Deontay Wilder as like a character. I can just pretend to be him, and I can just answer all the questions." Yeah, I saw a clip of he that. He also said, "He also said, go ahead." Yeah. Oh no, I was just gonna briefly say I saw a clip of that. It was pretty entertaining to see how he was trying to play both sides and just piss him off. Yeah. Another thing I saw too was he ended up saying was he ended up saying, you know, after that fight, I was concerned for uh I was concerned for Wilder both physically, mentally, emotionally. I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> now, obviously, I don't know if he necessarily means that in terms of, you know, actually actual concern, but because he actually did, you know, really beat the hell out of him. But, you know, I think he's just toying with with him with him at this point. And it does kind of scare me. Is Wilder just gonna come into the ring and just be an absolute force? Is he just gonna rush him and it's going to be like over i have no idea how it's going to be it's going to be a great fight but i cannot but i cannot wait to watch it yeah it's definitely going to be one for the books looking forward to watching it yeah i mean i don't know what the undercard is going to look like yet unfortunately unfortunately if uh if the trends continue it's probably going to be one of the paul brothers <laughs> oh, god yeah <laughs> let's pray uh, that, not that, that's been a that's been a trend that's going on it's almost been about it would be about three months since Jake's last fight. So it almost kind of be, you know, around that time that he couldn't possibly do another fight. So let's see how mm -hmm. this thing goes. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So we'll have to see how that thing goes, but it is current, but we're currently now wrapping up towards the end of the show. So it, we are now officially down to the wire, which means that we're going to go through everything we talked about in this episode and leave you guys on for a great weekend. Uh, you know, you know, obviously we welcome we welcomed in Jake Marsh into the show. Jake, I'm so glad we that we were able to get you on. I'm glad that we have someone on the show who can really, you know, talk their stuff with basketball. I'm really, I'm, you know, it's, we haven't really talked a little bit, a little bit in the past couple of weeks just because it's been summer and schedules are what mm -hmm. they are. So I was great. I was glad to have you on. Glad to talk with you for the time that we did. Uh, but once we once we did our little intros and did stuff like that, we got into NBA and talked about the Phoenix Suns advancing to the Western Conference Finals, knocking off the Denver Nuggets in the process. We talked about Kawhi Leonard possibly having a torn ACL. He at least will, you know, until that's diagnosed, he at least will miss uh, Game Five. And if it becomes that, then who knows what? Who knows how long he'll miss? And uh, also in NBA news, we talked about the Pelicans firing coach Stan Van Gundy, as well as Kevin Durant carrying the Brooklyn Nets to a victory with his insane triple double. We also talked about the NBA competition committee exploring rule changes to restrict unnatural jump shot motions that, you know, you know, typically has been defined as the Dwayne Wade rule by a lot of uh, casuals in NFL news. We talked about NFL uh, about Madden NFL 22 hinting at their cover athlete by displaying two goats. It's kind of obvious that it, they're probably that they probably mean Brady and Mahomes and Buck. And also in NFL news, we talked about Aaron Rodgers making a joke about himself having a quiet off season, which come on, Aaron, we know the truth that's going on. <laughs> it's been a, it's the, your off season, Aaron has been an utter shit show. So <laughs> good luck, man. We have no idea yeah. what's going to go down there. And I also, I also, I also expose, I also expose myself for thinking a dead guy, uh, you know, criticized. And so there's that too. Yeah. There's always that. And then in, yeah, and then we wrapped up in boxing news by saying, uh, by boxing and UFC news rather, by saying that uh, 
Israel Adesanya outlasted Marvin Vittori in their rematch fight, and that Nate Diaz was an absolute monster in his bout against Leon Edwards. And then we concluded things talking about Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, uh, you know, going at it again on July 24th. Cannot wait for that fight. That's going to be a great matchup. Jake, thank you so much again for coming on the show, man. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's always a great time being on. Always good to catch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you guys are not following uh, Jake, I, before I do a little thing, is there any uh, is there anything that you want to shout out personally? Anything like that or? Uh, nothing personally that I can think of at this time. Shout out to the end of COVID. Right. <laughs> Get vaccinated. <laughs> Absolutely. Shout out to the end of COVID. There we go. I like it. I like it, Jake. Uh, but obviously, if you're not following down to the wire on social media yet, what the hell are you guys doing? I mean, seriously, like what what are we doing? I've I've done 65 episodes. What are we on to now? Like, come on, seriously, like we're episodes. on so many platforms. Come on. We're on Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple. I'm so sincerely sorry. I know that affects Jake. I know that affects Jake <laughs> like no one else. Uh, but, you know, we're also on TikTok. Come on. We're making moves here on Facebook. We're making moves here. You know, you can find all of those links, though, through the link tree in our Instagram bio. You can follow us on Instagram at down.tothewire. Again, at down.tothewire. All those posts are there. We post we post updates on episodes as well as little clips from, as well as little clips and throwback Thursdays and, you know, all sorts of news like that. We recently also did just a, an episode with the Gone Bridge Boys from their podcast and talked some Red Sox with them. It was a great episode over there. Hopefully you watch that as soon as this one is concluded, if you haven't already. But from down to the wire, I'm Brian Costa. I'm Jacob Marchand. And we're down to the wire. We hope you guys have a great weekend. Absolutely. We hope you guys have a great weekend.